0: The best way to predict the future is to invent it. Stephen Ambrose brings you up to speed on what the future holds as he explores the latest technology as it impacts our lives. Well, good morning and welcome to Tech Talk right here on IFM, where we try to stay up to date with all the latest tech news and gizmos and gadgets and stuff that is just crazily affecting our world. And there's just no question that tech has a huge impact on what we do, how we work. Right now, with all this craziness around corona and all the insanity and madness affecting our day-to-day lives, if it wasn't for technology, we wouldn't be talking to the kids, talking to the parents, uh, working with colleagues. I've got a webinar running in the one computer in my um, office. So it's just a whole new way. Everything's gone virtual. Conferences gone virtual. Despite the fact that we're allowed to have uh, meetings for businesses and conferences for businesses, I truly do feel sorry for the entire conference industry, but a lot of that has moved online. And in fact, people like Dell in the tech world, many others have set up dedicated little studios from which they present their various conferences, updates and whatnot. The real challenge is that when you're in your environment and your various phones are pinging and your Teams is updating and your Zooms are Zooming, it's very hard to take yourself out of that environment and really focus on a webinar or focus on a a web presentation or a conference that's happening virtually in the cloud and uh, streaming to you via your various electronic devices. That is a huge challenge, and I think we're going to see – The world revert back as quickly as it can once all this madness is over and a a vaccine and all the rest is is available. I see that physical conferences, physical get-togethers are going to spring right back to where they were, if not even more so, because people will be craving personal contact. But... The tech world moves on, and more and more gizmos and gadgets are coming up, and we are heading, August, September is definitely holiday, or July, August is definitely Northern Hemisphere summer, and a lot of people are taking summers, especially in Europe, don't know so much in America, but the tech world slows down a little and gets ready for the big, big September launch of all the new gadgets, gizmos, and of course, smartphones, It. Samsung have announced that their Galaxy Note 20 series will be announced on the 5th of August. They're getting in really early, which means there'll probably be a late August or early September sale right before Apple launch their brand new um, iPhone 12 in in September. So there's a lot coming from that space, and both Apple and Samsung have. No, I wouldn't say it's, it's confirmed, but it's certainly rumored. They look like they might be changing the way that they sell their various uh, products in the nearest future. In other words, what is, what is hitting the streets and what is happening now is that both Samsung and Apple are considering not including any chargers in the box anymore. Now, a couple of people I've spoken to have said that this is like, Crazy, how can you not have a charger? The truth is, especially in the high end, I've got chargers all over the place. I'm terrible. I've got lots of phones. But even the average family of four has probably got an excess of 10 chargers lying in drawers, older phones that came with chargers, chargers they purchased along the way. Everybody's got a laptop or something that can charge with. A lot of us buy multiple chargers so that we can charge multiple items at our next to our beds at night or on our desks. So charges are becoming a real problem. In many cases, the EU has even highlighted this, they've become a huge problem with regard to e-waste. So it might very, very, very well happen that charges are going to disappear, boxes will get slimmer, and they will charge you for your charger. So watch this space. I'll keep you live on that straight after this. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Now, back just quickly to the whole charger story. There are a lot of reasons why chargers have become a, a bit of an unnecessary thing. And one of them is that all the new phones is are going to be 5G. Now, the topic of this show today is going to be all about 5G. We've got Zoltan Miklas, the General Manager of Engineering from MTN, during the Tech Talk Cafe Segment and he's telling us a little bit about 5G, its impact, et cetera. It's actually a fascinating conversation. More fascinating was the off the record conversation I had about the various manufacturers, the, the, the suppliers of equipment. But that's a, a story for another day. But 5G is a reality. It's here. It's in South Africa. MTN have launched. Vodacom have launched. Rain have got it. Um, Telcom are muttering and mumbling about uh, Spectrum and they will be launching soon. C have their own commercial challenges, who knows where they're going, but they are roaming on MTN's network, so theoretically they will be able to use the 5G network when it gets fairly, you know, common. So 5G is here, it's happening, and it's definitely going to hit the streets sooner than you think. Now, in the streaming world, there's a a bit of a shakeup coming, and a lot of people have been debating the whole DSTV premium bundle, satellite TV versus streaming and one of the stickiest and most compelling reasons to stay with DSTV has always been sport. The, the sport channels and their sport coverage is pretty much the best in the world. You get a host of stuff that often you struggle to get many, many, many places from soccer to football to rugby to motorsport. You name it. They do an exceptional job in the sports arena. Well, Showmax has announced that they are are adding a tier to their system called Showmax Pro, and they're going to start streaming sport, live sport and sport on your Showmax subscription. Now, they've announced it in Kenya for the moment. I think Kenya and one other place in Nigeria this week, it's gone live. They haven't announced the costs of it in South Africa, but um it is going to be significantly less than the 819 rand a fee that you pay for DSTV Premium before all the little add-ons like, you know, the multi-user and all the rest. So it is really a big deal, and it actually makes perfect sense to use the ShowMax streaming platform, which until recently had a lot of news channels streaming as well, and they probably practiced and figured out how easy or how hard it was to, to offer that service. But simply put, adding sport to ShowMax does change the game considerably. Now I've had a look at the sports lineup. It will be different. It's not the same. DSTV Premium still will have a much greater range of sport, but it is a start and I think that the move from terrestrial or, or not, you know, satellite television onto streaming television is certainly going to pick up pace and we're going to see more and more of it. Showmax have said they're going to probably launch this in the next couple of weeks, so four or five weeks in South Africa, and then you'll be able to add that to your streaming bundle. And for many people, you may or may not know this, and a lot of people don't, which is surprising, that if you have a DSTV premium, stream, uh, premium service, you get Showmax for free. And I'm not sure that will include Showmax Pro, but... The cost of Showmac Pro shouldn't be too significantly higher than Showmacs itself, and it adds tremendous benefit having sport and everything. Um, A couple of my friends who live overseas will be super chuffed about that, and the VPNs to South Africa will be burning hot as they start watching all their favorite sport because, again, it's really a challenge even to watch football uh, from the UK and the EU, in the EU, uh, in Europe, uh, using a normal subscription. You have to pay and then the commentaries in German or French or Italian and uh, DSTV just to do a great job in any event. So watch the space. It's coming quite soon. And I think it's an actually exceptionally great idea. And it's going to, in many ways, start reshaping the way that we watch um, everything. Streaming is definitely becoming the way to go going forward. And in other news, which really is quite interesting. And I'm going to be talking a little bit more about this. Not today, because I've actually got the Huawei P40 Pro for review, and I've been trying their new Huawei App Store and HMS applications, because simply put, the new Huaweis do not have any Google services built in from day one, and they have to create their own version of the App Store and their own version of all the Google services. And they've done so, and they've called it Huawei Mobile Services, and they are pushing really hard to get developers across the world to modify their apps and to launch their apps in the, in the Huawei App Store. And in order to push that, they've launched an app innovation contest, which they call Apps Up. Not a great name, but uh, the name is the name. And Apps Up has gone global. And what they're doing is they're offering prizes of up to fifteen thousand US dollars in cash um, in order to to promote people moving or porting or adding apps to their App Store. Currently, there are only about 45,000 apps on the App Store. A whole chunk of them tend to be fairly lame games and other unknown things. The big stuff is available, but uh, not all the smaller stuff, which makes the App Store so, or the Google App Store so compelling. But they've got a million dollars in total cash prizes, and they're offering this to developers all around the world. So if you're a developer... And you're looking because there are a ton of devices out there, and all the 2020 devices and going forward devices will not have Google, will not have the ability to install Google apps. But other apps, as long as they ported it across, um, will, will work perfectly. For example, an Adidas running app, I tried it on the P40. It works perfectly, except there are no maps so if the GPS works, it tracks where you're going, but there's no maps to map it against. And that app obviously needs some porting or some fixing to be able to work. So if you're an app developer, go check it out. Go to the official website, which is, um, I'm just calling it up. It's called developer.huawei.com, or go to the Huawei website and you'll find the apps up info. And I mean, there are. They've got about a million registered developers, and the, the, the apps are coming along pretty, pretty solidly, and they need to do a lot of work in order to start competing with the global giants like Apple and uh, Google, but they are working really hard to do it. Now, coming up straight after the next break, as I said, we've got Zoltan Miklos, who's the general manager of engineering at MTN. Zoltan's been in the telecommunications field for a long time. I've known him from his work across a number of different operators. And he has some real, really interesting insights into 5G. So stay tuned. We'll be back straight after this. And we're going to have a lovely little conversation with Zoltan about 5G and what MTN are doing in that space. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to Tech Talk Cafe, and with me on the line, because these days we do everything virtually, is Zoltan Miklos. Now he's the general manager of network planning for MTN South Africa. And MTN, as I mentioned earlier in the show, have launched five G in South Africa. So welcome to the show, Zoltan.
1: Stephen, thank you very much, and hi to listeners. So tell us a little
0: bit about this five G. It's a big deal. I've been talking about it a lot. Just give our listeners just a little bit of a, a background and a little bit of insight into what 5G is and how you see it developing in the next couple of years.
1: Sure. So, um, Stephen, I think let's start with, with a bit of context. So, I mean, the listeners will be aware we've got a, a network, a mobile network deployed. We deploy um, second-generation mobile technology, so 2G. Um, we deploy uh, 3G. And we also deploy LT, long-term evolution. So we've got all three mobile standards. 5G is really a new mobile standard. Um, we've been doing trials for the last two years, um, getting ready for this point, and and this is the year we we decided to to launch the um, the, the 5G technology. So to answer your question, it's it's really a new mobile standard. Um, it's still evolving. Um, there are aspects of the standard that are still that, that are still being developed, but um, but the the, the 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 earlier parts of the standard are ratified, and we and we're deploying those. And th- this is now
0: the same as when we moved from 3G to 4G. Moving from 4G to 5G means that you're going to have to change handsets and you guys at the networks are going to have to change some of your, your equipment. And it's, it's simply an evolution of existing communication as we know it in many
1: ways. Yes. So, um, so it's, it's actually, um, it's, it's, a, it's a point that, that I like to sort of always, you know, give people a bit of background into. People think 5G just, is just a radio technology. And really, it's, a, it's an end to end technology. You've got you to look at different aspects of the network. So, what we've done is, you know, to, to enable 5G in the network, we've had to, let me say, modernize and upgrade different elements in that network. So, it's not simply
0: another number to the radio network, it's, it's a complete rebuild of
1: how MTN operate their the network. Yes. So a, a year and a half ago, we started modernizing our, our radio access network, putting in the, the latest technology, getting ready, we, we call it 5G ready, getting ready for 5G. As part of that journey, we also started to upgrade the transmission uh, component of the network, that element that connects the base station to the core network. Um, so that had to be upgraded. Um, that's where, it, that's so, the so-called backhaul where, all the signals get from the tower back to your main network. That's right. So we've increased those speeds. Uh, Traditionally, we have a gigabit per second per site, um, uh, ideally on fiber, but we also have high-capacity microwave systems. Um, We've upgraded those to 10 gigabits because, you know, if you're going to be carrying so much more capacity on the air, you're going to have to carry that back on the fiber or the microwave system back to the core network. So that was a key element that had to be upgraded on the core We had to upgrade the core to cater for the new 5G standard. On the charging systems, you have to have, you know, the capability enabled. The provisioning systems, how do you provision users? You know, the billing systems. So all the different elements of the network had to be upgraded to cater for 5G. So it's a huge task. It's not simply, you know, adding a number to your
0: to your display on the on the mobile device.
1: No, exactly. And and we started the journey earlier on because we wanted to be uh, proactive in our approach. So the upgrade of this capacity, getting ready for five G benefits the existing user. So it's benefited our, our, our existing um, specifically the data users. So they would How see it.
0: How does that happen? So if you're a current four G user, you're actually now benefiting from the
1: five G rollout. You are? And, and 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 the key the key element is because the capacity we're increasing the capacity in the network, you get a benefit as a user in terms of that capacity. Um, the biggest constraint we have at the moment is 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 the air capacity, what we call the spectrum, and that's just the amount of of, of information we can carry on the air to the user. And hence, once we alleviate, you know, or get you know, uh, once that bottleneck is 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 alleviated, then we can offer more more capacity to the user on the on the air. And that's what 5G gives you. 5G gives you. I was you just going
0: to ask that. What does actually 5G? What does it give you from a from a technical point
1: of view, so 5G in the standard allows for 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 more capacity to be carried on the air, for more devices to be connected. They call it, you know, um, if you look at the Internet of Things, you can have a million um, devices per, per square kilometer in terms of the standard. You know, it allows for lower latencies on the air. So you having latencies, and that's the delay in information from the from from the user into the network, you having latencies on the air that are that are equivalent to to a fiber fiber like connectivity. So I always say, you know, 5G gives you the ability to offer more capacity, you know, um, a better, you know, better experience for the user, um, and that's in the form of speed and 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 the, the latency. So you could offer, and, and what's really important is you could offer fiber-like services to people that would not ordinarily get a fiber service, and that's a key, that's a key differentiator.
0: I must say that's actually quite interesting because I'm using a fixed 5G connection from another company at the moment. And the response and the way it behaves is very much more akin to the fiber connection than to anything else I've ever done on a mobile. So it actually does feel
1: faster and snappier than anything else that I've tried on mobile. Exactly. And I think what you're also going to find is, you know, a lot of the initial use cases on 5G are very much what we call fixed wireless access, connectivity to to a household, to a a branch. But what you're going to find is as wearables – as devices become more and more prevalent, people are going to want high-speed connectivity to those devices. So you're going to have to have these these what I call these highways in the air, these these big pipes connecting those wearables back to the network. So there's 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 use cases like augmented reality, virtual reality. I was just going to say, so smart glasses, exactly. augmented reality, when exactly. someone's out fixing and- something. Exactly. It makes a and lot of difference. Makes a big difference. So, so things like, you know, we say mission critical applications. You could have autonomous vehicles. You could have smart grid type applications, smart city applications, everything that needs capacity on the air in order to communicate with the network. But what's also critical is that there must be, you know, um, the right level of service. So you need to have a service level, of, you know, a, a defined service level that offers you that guaranteed bandwidth, that guaranteed throughput. On the air, and well, 5G that something that it. you can do with five G, but 5- not necessarily with older technologies. It, it, it was in it was in the older technologies in some in some form, but but really five G has has, has has formalized that, and it's one of the, the one of the key things. So initially, five G has been focused on very much the consumer, but what we see five G is 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 really Be an enabler for, for next generation enterprise, next generation industry. So, you know, you always hear about the fourth industrial revolution and all the, you know, the, the the building blocks to that. For us, 5G is a key foundation for that.
0: That's actually a huge point because for the most, for most of us, it's cool to have a phone that says 5G and, Mm, mm. you know, you can maybe watch your YouTube video a little quicker Mm. or perhaps uh, surf the web a little snappier. But, Beyond a certain point, it's actually irrelevant how fast your connection is. What I think does make a difference is how good your connection is. And that's another area that 5G is promising quite a big leap from the current 4G networks.
1: No, exactly. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting point to highlight because you get different types of, of user behavior. You know, a data user you know, getting a WhatsApp message is, is not really that aware of the delay. If it's a, if it's a second or two seconds delay to your terminal, you're not really aware of that. But for, for certain machine-critical applications, that delay is critical. So you could imagine things like remote surgery or if you've got a, an ambulance trying to communicate to the hospital and, and you know, communicate uh, health information, that, that the timing of that and, and, the, and the criticality of that connection is, is, is absolutely you know, required. So... That's where 5G has been built to cater for that. So I think, we, you know, we, we're trying to put a lot of effort into understanding what are the use cases that could be in South Africa. What are the ones that, that would be, you know, for, for our particular market? Um, some of those could be security-based. Education's another one. Um, so video and
0: things like that from many places that normally wouldn't be able to use video. Exactly. Exactly. That's really, really, really interesting. And... From a pure, again, from a technical point of view, once you evolve to 5G in terms of your network, is it going to allow a lot more people to connect to the network at any point in time?
1: Stephen, it's 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 an interesting discussion because there's there's two elements to the answer. The one element is is it's not just people connecting. It's going to be it's going to be devices, things connecting. So we call it the Internet of Things. And these are these are in the form of of you know smart devices meters you know anything so the the future is going to be you'll have a lot more uh, what we call machines connected to the network than people connected to the network so one that opens up that and that's why the standard specifically speaks about the uh, uh, you know allowing for a massive amount of devices to connect to a particular site so this you know and that's a that's a key that's a key element. I think the other aspect I just wanted to, to highlight was it needs to be a 5G-enabled device.
0: Okay, so so that's, lot, that's the next thing. So, how, so in other words, to use 5G, you need a new
1: device. Exactly. So initially, you know, the the the, the standards. Were, I mean, the 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 technology is quite uh, new, and from from a connectivity perspective, you're finding that 5G chipsets are coming out on. Higher end, you know, devices, so higher end terminals. But what we're gonna, what we're gonna see over time is that chipset will then, you know, be in a lot lower end devices, so mid tier and then low end devices. And then also in terms of the Internet of Things, you start finding 5G, you know, capabilities there. We're not there yet. The standard is still quite new. So what you're finding is 5G is in a really, really high end device. So we've launched, um, for example, 5G on on two types of devices. The one is a handset. Um, and those are pretty high-end handsets, you know, a P40 or a Huawei P40 or a Huawei P40 Pro, and also the, the the LG device. And then on the on the other side, we've also got um, devices in the term terms in terms of home routers. So what we call fixed wireless access devices. These home little gateways you put down, and there we've got two offerings from Huawei and from ZTE. So that's what we got at the moment. Over time, what you'll find is that chipset then will go into what we call mid-tier devices, a lot you know, lower cost devices, and that will have a that will also have an impact on pricing to the consumer because the device cost that is high end Devices are still quite expensive.
0: Yeah, so we'll see a it coming down The range is not exactly
1: generally available. Exactly, exactly. But it's a new technology, and 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 the adoption for 5G is expected to be a lot quicker than 4G, and 4G was quicker than 3G. So within the next year or two we expect those device costs to really come down. And as so,
0: it So on that note, are you your rollout? I mean what sort of, obviously this is difficult to, to judge. We're still waiting for spectrum to be allocated specifically for five G, but how quickly do you believe M ten will be able to roll out the necessary technology across the country. Right now, it's only available in a few select areas, Cape Town, Durban, Johannesburg, and a few other little areas. But how quickly do you think it'll, it'll roll out that it'll be generally available across South Africa?
1: Sure. So, so two, two, two aspects to that answer. The, the one aspect is we've rolled out the 5G on what we call temporary spectrum. That was spectrum that we we, we um, obtained through the regulator um, to provide you know relief in, in, these, um, in, in this national disaster period. Um, we have to hand back that spectrum by the end of november um, that's the latest we, 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 we can use it until so we, we we need spectrum to expand this network. That's the that's the first aspect. Um, we we looking well, as MTN, we're looking forward to what we call the high demand spectrum auction from the regulator, which will allow that spectrum to um, to then be used and, and rolled out in the network. I think the other key aspect is you're asking the question how quickly, and that's the that goes back to the previous um, discussion we said in terms of modernising the network. We've aggressively started modernising our network in key metros and in the larger um, cities and towns. And that allows us then to leverage, to move quite quickly in terms of deploying the technology. To do that, we envisage it will happen on two two particular bands. It will happen in a low band and and a mid band. What it means for the users is that you'll have 5G coverage layers, which cover large parts of the country. And that is dependent on what we call the you know the high demand spectrum in, in the lower frequency ranges. Um, unfortunately there are some TV systems in those bands at the moment, so we'll have to clear those first with a regulator. But as those get cleared, we can roll out 5G in those areas and then what you'll find is five G will then go into the into those rural areas. We also envisage we'll have five G in capacity bands, which is you know the mid the mid band. And those will be in the main metros. And that's what we've launched now with our five G offering. Um, so the, 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 in, in, summary, we want to roll it out quite quickly to um, large metros. We've got targets in terms of population and area coverages. Um, we're just looking forward to the spectrum to be able to scale that up.
0: That's brilliant. So, you know, unfortunately our time as usual has run away. Talking tech always, sure. always eats time amazingly, but MTN obviously have, have set up their network to take full advantage of 5G going forward. So the limiting factor right now is devices, certainly the lower-end devices, and spectrum capacity, which will allow you to switch it on across the country. So it's pretty exciting. I managed to actually get some 5G on a, a non-authorized device in in Santon. It's not even on your coverage map, mm. which is very interesting. But I will be able to test it out in the next little while and i 'll let our listeners know what 5 g feels like, but my initial uh, experiments with 5 g have been extremely positive, so here's looking forward to better networks, better quality of everything with regard to mobile and 5 uh, g for everyone and last thing I just wanted to ask you is there any truth in the rumors that 5 g is somehow causing
1: health problems Stephen th- thanks for bringing up the topic um, it's, 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 it, it is quite topical at the moment and th- the answer is, is no we take these, these, um, these, these, these rumors these, these statements quite seriously um, we just want to assure the listeners there's, 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 you know we, 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 we broadcast any radio spectrum within power limits defined by the world health organization defined, defined by the regulator They're well within the limits. Um, There's no proof that it it causes um, health issues. Um, We engage with the relevant forums to to present the the, the data. Um, But to answer your question, we take these these statements quite seriously, and and the the answer is no, there are no health issues.
0: So there you have it, listeners. I've said it again and again and again, but that was direct from someone who's intimately involved with the networks. There is no real danger at all from 5G networks. And on that note, I'm afraid we're going to have to end it here. Thanks so much for joining us, Sultan. Thank you. And we'll talk again very shortly because I must tell you, I find it fascinating to find out what's going on in the mobile world. So thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you. This is Tech Talk with Stephen
0: Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, welcome back to Tech Talk right here on the High FM and a fascinating discussion around 5G and everything to do with 5G. I've got uh, Simeon from LG hopefully on the line. I'm just trying to get him to join the call. Unfortunately, he connected with some weird, weird, weird number. And uh, as much as I should have been prepared, I thought I would find him easily and I can't. So um, if Simeon wants to just, if he's listening to this, if he wouldn't mind just giving me a call uh, on Skype and I'll add him to my call and then we can start to chat. But LG launched this week a um, new phone and it actually proves and it's part of the whole discussion we're having around 5G. It's called the LG Velvet and the LG Velvet is a phone that is Essentially a mid-priced phone. It's going to sell for around about 13995 And I know I'm stealing Simeon's uh, thunder here quietly, but it is a very, very well priced phone in the 5G space. And there's no question that over the next couple of months, in fact, uh, Qualcomm announced a brand new, a brand new uh, chipset, which will bring 5G to a lot more people, but what became very clear is that it's not as simple as just adding a chipset to your to your phone. You've got to do a lot of other stuff in order to make it work. And the LG Velvet, as far as um, phones go, is it's launched in South Africa now. It's a 5G phone. It comes 128 gigs of RAM. It has a massive 6.8. inch screen, and uh, it's certainly looking like quite a, a, a great phone. So let me just try to get Simeon on the line. I'm terribly sorry to, to, to do this in the middle of a show, but uh, I was quite excited to have someone from LG on the line to assist us to understand what's going on in in, in with the mobile manufacturers, and certainly LG, who have always been a little bit quiet in terms of what they're doing. And uh, it's just very interesting to hear what their take on where they see 5G going, where they see, ah, there we go, he is now joining us. Hello, Simon. Hi, Stephen. Hi, I don't think it works for some reason. It doesn't seem to, jo- can, um, anyway, I hope we're still on air. Um, so if not, this is going to be completely the worst uh show I've done in a long time because I'm supposed to be the gadget guy and I'm quietly not doing it well. But I think we are. <laughs> That's <laughs> not your fault, it's my fault. But anyway, just to give us a quick recap, we're running out of time unfortunately, so give us a quick recap of, um, of the, of the LG now, Velvet. You said it is a, it is a, uh, one of your, your flagships and it's one of your newest devices.
2: That's correct, yes. Not only is it our newest device, it's our newest design as well with the 3D Arc. It's a very slim design, it's a very thin device, it fits very nice in your hand. Uh, the screen is a little bit longer than your, than your usual device. So it is able, enabled for cinematic viewing. So it is a very f- fantastic device. It is 5G capable as well. Um, if we talk in terms of just some of the key features, 8 gig RAM, 128 gig onboard, you know, 4300 mAh battery with fast charging and wireless charging. It is also IP68 rated, so dust proof and shock proof. It is also military rated, so it is an 810G military standard, where you are able to drop the device from about a meter, and neither the screen nor the back of it will crack.
0: That is actually quite a big deal because phones these days are all glass and extremely fragile. So, Simon, we just have to have a quick pause for a, an ad break, then we'll do a quick wrap up, and then I'll sure. I'll bring you back. So, just stay on the line until we come back. This is Tech Talk with Stephen Ambrose on 101.9 High FM. Well, welcome back. And I think we're still on the line with Simon from LG. Now, I hope um you heard – well, you did hear my introduction. That was before I cut myself off by putting Simon on Skype. I unfortunately cut us all off, so we went silent for a bit. So welcome back, Simon. So the, the LG Velvet is available now.
2: Yes, it is. It's already in stores. You can get it from MTN or Vodacom. Uh, if we look at in terms of the price structures, we're looking at 6.99 for 24 months at uh, MTN and 6.99 for 24 months at Vodacom. Uh, with Vodacom, there is actually a special running at the moment where the first 500 customers nationwide will get a free dual screen to the value of 4,299 rand.
0: So the Velvet also comes with a dual screen option, which I've played with. This is quite That's, good fun. It just makes the phone a bit thick, but it certainly adds lots of screen real estate.
2: Yes, it does. Yeah. It also so, enables you to, if you want to have, uh, you know, artistic pictures, you can use it as a tripod or a stand and to, to get better pictures and stuff like that.
0: That's, look, I, I, as I said, you know, the, the foldable phone is quite cool, but this is a practical implementation of that. And I've used one uh, previously on, I think it was the um, the 8, I forget the number. There are too many numbers LG, in my head.
2: Yeah, you know, G8X.
0: That's the one. I, I played with it for quite a while. It was great fun and a good party starter. But the simple fact is that LG have been, I wouldn't say underperforming, but certainly under-shouting out their... their um, abilities on on their various devices and the longevity the quality is undeniable and hopefully i'll have one of these soon to play with and i'll be able to report back on a full review but thanks for joining us it was uh, sorry about the little the little breaks and and things but we'll get this right it's a virtual world we're all trying to do uh, stuff that we haven't uh, done before but thanks for joining us and we look forward to more news and and, and cool gadgets from lg
2: it's a pleasure, Stephen, and thank you to your listeners. Let's hope that they all go out and at least have a, a great squiz at it. Uh, I can guarantee if they have a look at it, if they feel it, if they touch it, they're going to fall in love with this LG Velvet.
0: Brilliant. Well, thanks for joining us. And before you, we wrap up, before we wrap up, as I was t- saying a little earlier, one of the, 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 the things I've been playing with, uh, it's been a little slow on the gadget side, but one of the most underrated and vital things that all of us need, I know we not Getting out much, we're not running around the country much. We're not spending a lot of time away from home. But as much as the modern generation of phones, the, the battery life has improved enormously, and the vast majority of new phones get you through a full day without too much trouble. All of us need a reliable and solid battery charger, and I've been playing for the last couple of days with a, a number of devices from a company called Anchor. Anchor sold in the country from most retailers. And I often get asked, what is a decent quality battery charger? They vary in price from really low. They all promise massive uh, charging capacity, but I've been using Anchor product for a couple of years, and I must tell you that when it comes to both quality, longevity, and just the ability to charge a phone fast, the Anchor product, which I've, you know, which I'm trying now, it's their brand new, uh, it's a brand new product from them. Which has actually got a USB-C cable built in, so great for most of most modern devices. Not so much for Apple devices because this particular one, which is a a five thousand milliamp hour battery, which gives you at least well, this one actually this one's a ten thousand. That should charge the average phone between three and four times. So if you are looking for a really good quality, solid. Fast charging, and that's the other thing. A lot of them don't charge quickly at all. Um, I, I highly recommend you go and have a look online for the Anker uh, USB-C. They call this one, um, I forget the name. They, they call these, sorry, I'm just trying to have a look, the Metro Series, the new PowerCore Plus Metro Series. There are two versions, one with a USB-C cable built in and another one with two USB-3, um outputs. And a USB-C charging. What is cool about these, they now have USB-C charging built in, so you don't have to worry about having a spare older cable. Cause that's another problem. You know, the fact that we've all got tons of chargers, we've all got tons of cables. The old USB, the old USB type B connector is going out of fashion fast. All new phones are coming with USB-C type connectors. And these, these battery chargers actually charge using those charges which makes them a little faster. They don't as yet have USB well these particular ones don't have USB C outputs, which would allow faster charging. But for the most part that's not really necessary. I find that within five, ten minutes of, of charge you've got enough charge to do whatever you need to do. So if you're looking for a decent charger, and I must say I've played with a ton of them. It used to be quite the the thing that the media people got. If you're looking for a really decent charger, have a look at Anker. You can get them at Take-A-Lot. I've seen them all over the show, A-N-K-E-R, and they do a great job. They've charged fast. They last well. They're solidly built, and I know it's a boring thing, but it's something that everybody needs to keep one of just in case they run out of power. And on that note, I'm being told that it's time to wrap up. Thanks for joining me. Um, Stay tuned. I've always got new stuff. I've got some really exciting stuff coming up for next week. Full review of the Huawei P40 Pro, um, amongst other little gizmos and gadgets that have finally been coming back onto my desk after lockdowns.
2: So thanks for joining us. This is Stephen Ambrose for Tech Talk right here on Chai FM.